2: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.
3: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Three past nine here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy, who is uh, doing the tour of the country uh, as part of the World Cup coverage on Sky. And, uh, of course, we saw a big game yesterday with uh, Pakistan uh not really giving australia too many problems they d- just didn't get a r- enough runs with the bat and that really seems to be pakistan's problem at this world cup they seemed decent enough with the ball i mean they uh, had india in their game at one point 109 for six i think uh but then just couldn't chase down a, a small total and uh, the same happened yesterday couldn't set enough for australia really in the Australians. Uh, Got home pretty comfortably. The Australians are looking very dangerous at this World Cup. Um, We'll talk a bit more about that a little bit later on on the show. Here is what is coming up on today's show. Uh, Coming up shortly, Ian Jones, the Carmo Kid former Waikato Chief and All Black is uh, uh, co-host of Chiefs Mana here on SENZ on Tuesday nights from 7.30. He's going to join us. We're going to preview that Chiefs-Crusaders game. Looks like uh, the game of the round coming up this weekend in Super Rugby Pacific. Also, uh, speaking of rugby, we're going to stick with it this hour with John Akurangi, the uh, former county's Manukau player. He uh, He's also of course uh, played for the Crusaders. He auctioned off uh, a jersey for Joeli Vendieri on Trade Me and made $10,000 that went towards uh, Joe Ali Vendieri's fund. So we'll talk to John about that, how that all came about, and about about his career. as well. might talk hookers with him as well. You know, we've got um, Dane Coles sort of really coming to the end, I think, uh, in the next year or two of of his all-black career. And uh, we will also have... uh, you know, uh, Cody Taylor is obviously there. But what is coming up behind we get John's take on that? Greg Murphy's going to join us after 10 o'clock. We've got the Dilmar panel with the expertise from Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch at around 10.30 as well. After 11, Chanel Harris-Tavita from the Warriors is going to join us out of Queensland too. So all that and more to come right now, though. Uh, he is there with us, the Carmo Kid, Ian Jones. Uh, morning, Carmo. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, morning. Ricardo, I'm doing very well, thank you. Hello to the listeners.
1: It's been it's been so long since we spoke.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm missing you already, champ. Uh, we're speaking code and we're speaking cheats uh, with a touch of crusaders. So it's all all good stuff.
1: Yeah, mate, it is. It's really good stuff. I'm just um, you know excited for this matchup this weekend because. And, and I know, like, Carmo, when we talk rugby, we, we tend not to talk past eight, don't we? We, we tend to talk the, the, men and the, the men that get the job done uh, for the flash out the back. But, uh, I mean, you, you look at these two eights, and it's really hard to separate them. I mean, maybe hooker, uh, there, there is, a, there is a, an edge for, cru- for the Crusaders, but everywhere else it looks pretty even.
4: Well, Ricardo, you know when you're going down to Christchurch or whenever you take on the Crusaders, wherever it is, class outfit, really well-prepared, skilled team, you have to front up uh, in that front eight. and more In particular, in the set piece, because they've just put the squeeze on you, you know, the scrum time squeeze, that field position that they can kind of manipulate. So that line-out squeeze, they attack um, the kick-off. So they really do put teams and, and really just wear them down over the course of an 80 minute period into the set phase. So that's going to be a big, big focus for the Chiefs this week. You know, Can they not just get parity, but can they get some domination? Can they put some pressure back on the Crusaders in those areas of the game? Can they manipulate the scrum the way they want it so the backs can then start to attack? So yeah, absolutely, Ricardo. I mean, we might see some of the Daisy pickers um, scoring some of the tries and we love to see that as fans, but you have to you absolutely have to be on point, sharp and spot on at set phase time taking crusaders and gotta say, mate, I believe the Chiefs can.
1: Well, I mean, we talk about that battle up front, and of course the front rows are a big part of that, but really the the, the one that excites me, the battle that excites me and I know it'll excite you because we're talking your old position is, is it lock? you are going to probably have Sam Whitelock and Scott Barrett up against Josh Lord and Brodie Retallick. I mean, four of the best locks running around in, in world rugby, let alone New Zealand rugby.
4: Yep, four all backs going toe-to-toe, um, sitting the tone, wanting to get one over their mates. Uh, that Locking combination partnership of Barrett and Whitelock has been around longer clearly than the Ritalic and Josh Lord. So, you know, still kind of feeling each other out and kind of playing off each other's strengths. And we often talk, don't we, Ricardo, about that Locking duel is absolutely a partnership. They have, absolutely need to be in sync and understand each other's games. And the Retellick Lord one is just starting. But, boy, they were pretty impressive uh, last week in Eden Park. Britannic's getting back to an absolute beast of, of best. You know, hitting those rucks, maybe standing a little bit wider, you know, second man play, which he's so damn good at, which means Josh Lord can kind of truck it up. If I was Josh Lord, man, I'd just absolutely try and take on Sam Whitelock. He's got to be the, the man I'd want to take out, and and it's an, <laughs> easier said than done because he's an absolute class player, Sam Whitelock. But if Josh Lord can physically, both in the air, in a ruck time, take out Sam Whitelock. That's going to be a huge step in the Chiefs' favour. I think the one other big thing in the Chiefs' favour, um, Ricardo, they're not scared of going down there. Now, they've had success down there in the past. I know they lost the final last year down there, but they're in the hunt the whole way through. So that's that, that's a good pick and positive from the Chiefs. But the one sticking point, mate, the one sticking point that they would have been so disappointed with at Eden Park, Was their kicking game, you know, the exit players getting getting away from that press situation. Didn't do it that well. Uh, Blues capitalised, and boy, if they don't do it well against Crusaders, they will absolutely punish you and uh, won't be the result. Some of us, Ricardo, um, uh, aren't after.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the question here is, um, you know, Josh Uwani, who has come into the Chiefs this season from the Highlanders, he, he started the season pretty well, I thought, but um, can they get 80 minutes out of him uh, this weekend? Because he's going to be going head-to-head with Richie Mwanga. I mean, the, these are, you know, two of our three top first fives, you've got to say.
4: Yeah, and a guy like uh, Joshiwani, we've just got to keep... You know, if we want that forward domination, we want to put that scoreboard pressure, we want to put the Crusaders um, chasing the game, which they're not that used to. And and they're not that used to because they're so damn good and they can dominate early. But um, if the Chiefs with Joshiwani can get that ball in front of the forwards the whole time, start turning the Crusaders around a little bit, make them um, do something they're not used to doing uh, at home, well then, the outcome may be what the Chiefs are after. If they can't do that, and, and as we know, Richard Moawong can absolutely do that, then you know it kind of throws everything back uh, in the Crusaders' favour. But uh, oh, look, mate, I'm absolutely. Hopefully, you can hear my voice. Absolutely fizzed about this game. I think with the Chiefs, with that game at Eden Park, you know, they had that momentum killer when they missed the Moana Pacifica game. They got back into the swing of things last week, and I'm kind of hoping they can absolutely kick on from that Eden Park game, play, start at a pace that the Crusaders, who most of them took the weekend off last weekend, aren't used to, aren't expecting, and uh, get some some early points. And as I keep saying, you know, put the Crusaders into a position they're not always used to, and get them chased in the game. I think that's, uh, that's the Chiefs' best, uh, best opportunity for a victory down there, which is never easy. Absolutely never easy. We're up against a class outfit, but, but early points, pressure on the Crusaders and it could be a great day for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, you know, a big part of what's worked well for the Chiefs so far this season is Peter Gus Suakula um, off the back of the scrum. Man, he is just an absolute metre eater. Uh, what do you expect the Crusaders to do to counter that? I mean, I talked to uh, Razor on, on Monday night, uh, and, and all he said was he was glad he wasn't still playing, because it hurt just watching. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, we've seen Pablo Matera play six, we've seen him play eight. What do you think uh, Robertson will do to counter uh, that metre eater for the Chiefs?
4: Well, I guess the best form of uh, defence is attack. So what uh, Jason Ryan and Scotty Robinson, the, the forward um, players themselves, could say that will try and put so much pressure, both in, in direct pressure but manipulating left and right, uh, the Chiefs scrums. So Peter Gus doesn't have that great platform to be able to pick up the ball and go, I would imagine that's absolute first point of contact and we get going back to that, you know, your set phase needs to be on point. They will contest the Chiefs line outs. And if you don't have that stable platform, it's really hard uh, to get your game going. So I'd imagine that's number one uh for the Crusaders, And then clearly number two, um you've got to try and double team this guy when he's running because not only from the base of the scrum, he's making some meters Ricardo, his timing, his beautiful uh, entry into the back line or his timing off Brad Weber when he's running onto the ball steaming to get all those yards its just so damn impressive. And one-on-one, uh, I think it's damn hard no matter how good a tackler you are. So I think you'll see a lot, because they are good at this anyway, uh, a, lot of, a lot of double teaming, a lot of two-man uh, players going on Peter Gus, but that only leaves an opportunity somewhere else. Um, if they put two men or three men on, on Gus, it means there's some overlaps and some opportunities elsewhere. Um, so that's exciting news. And other exciting news, seeing Anton Leonard-Brown back on there, mm. um, coming off the bench. So hopefully he's starting uh, this weekend and, and he can exploit those little overlaps that may just appear if, um us say say, throw huge numbers at a guy like Peter Gus.
1: Well, I mean, potentially, we could, you know, we've talked about all black matchups in the second row and all black matchups and uh, international matchups in the Lucy's and at first five. But that midfield, you talk about it. I mean, Quintu Pire, uh and um, Anton Leonard Brown, or potentially Alex Mankerville, who's had a great start to the season up against, you know, uh, David Havili and, and Braden Enor. I mean, that's going to be a great battle as well in terms of um, controlling that middle of the park and, and, and seeing who can get the ball wide to those daisy pickers.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things i have we been really impressed with is um, Quintu Pai. It's such a strong runner. They, they attack a lot, it seems, the Chiefs this year in that kind of 10-12 channel. Um, so holding those those two defenders in, and if they can hold those two defenders in, then clearly the, the Bowie Retallics and the Peter Gusses or you know, Sean Stevenson's, if they go a little bit wider like that, have the opportunity. But, um, you know, that's, that, that's a nice attacking area. I thought they did that well against two of us as Sheik Last week in Eden Park, uh, the Crusaders. We've got to absolutely respect them as a, as, as a different outfit. We can talk all of these theories and think, "Hey, this is going to be amazing, Ricardo. we can get our, our game going and attack um, certain areas of the game against the Crusaders, but they are a good outfit, well coached. Once 15, they'll be prepared for what's coming, and throw back their own." Uh, opportunities to the Chiefs, so it's good for us fans uh, to watch it, but this competition and, and the fight for number one and two spot in the New Zealand franchise, to get that kind of potential home advantage later on down the track, and we're talking you know, a few few weeks away, th- these these games are crucial. These, these away wins are crucial for a team like the Chiefs. They failed to do that at Eden Park last week, they need to do that at, in Christchurch this week, and if they can do that, well, then the potential to finish one or two is is right there for them.
1: Now, Carmo, we mentioned him earlier, but I I, want to get your take on where he is at developmentally. I said to you last night that if Josh Lord played like he did against the Blues every week in the Super Rugby season, he would be challenging Scott Barrett for that third locking position in the All Blacks. Uh, You told me not to get ahead of myself, but I mean, where do you think he is in his development and what does he need to do to be there?
4: Well, he's right at the start of the development. You're talking about Scott Barrett, who's got, I don't know, what he's got, 60, 70-plus, has he? Caps yes. for the Crusaders, maybe more. He's, he's well, well further down in a proven uh, competitor at both super rugby level and the height of super rugby level championships and all-black level. So what Scott Barrett has done in terms of experience, uh, what he can offer to the team, both in the locking position or six cover if he needs to, is well ahead of Josh Lord. Josh Lord is very much at the start of his career, and we shouldn't put his name in lights. The guy should just go through his work for this entire season, learning every day of photo you know, watching videos of Sam Whitelock, how he has tried his trade for the last 10, 11 years, and then maybe in the future, he may be a guy we start talking about in the All Black Jews, and that's no disrespect at all for Josh Lord, who's clearly... A big man, we like big men, we need big men in that team to dominate the air. Um, but the guy just needs to go about his work. And, and, and one of the hardest things when you're starting, Ricardo, I think we've seen this countless times over the years, is that consistency, what we saw, uh, his performance Eden Park, to do it again this weekend, to do it again the following weekend, and that is his benchmark performance. You know, once you have a benchmark performance, you you don't want to drop below that. Um, so it's exciting for New Zealand rugby that we have big men. Absolutely fantastic, Ricardo. But um, just just let the man go about his work and, and, and see through consistency and performance where he, he, he ends up in the all-black uh, environment.
1: Now, uh, there's, a, there's a bloke we talked a, a little bit about last night, that's Tupu Vai, who got the start at six against the Blues. Uh, given the size of that Crusaders pack, do you expect that to happen again for the Chiefs this weekend?
4: Well, I don't know the ins and outs of the Crusader, other Chiefs teams and where, where they're at with the injury and people coming back, you know. I mean, if Luke Jacobson clearly was okay to play this weekend, let's hope he is. He'd be your guy who'd put him in sixth position, you know, proven number six, you know, fearsome in defence, really solid over the ball, getting a better um, linking passing game going. So I guess that's the direction you'd take if he was fit. In available circumstances last week and determined that Clayton McMillan uh, put Tuberva in that in that sixth position he did a really adequate job, but once more we just we can't put too much pressure on, on a Tupo Vai, who who's moving from a locking position to a sixth position expect him to be Jerome Kano overnight that's just not oh. going to happen I mean dream Kano wasn't dream Kano at the start of his career so uh, if he is going to go into that position, Clayton McMillan will have full faith that he'll do the job at six. He adds some clearly some great height and variation to the lineout, which is which is fantastic. I don't know if he's quite as fearsome um, as we want in a six, but if that's the circumstances, he's the guy. That if Clayton McMillan has faith in him, we all should have faith in him. Um, and but once more, just let the man do his do his job. Uh, let's not put too much pressure on him to perform to the absolute height of what we expect to six, because he's just starting. Um, but from what we've seen, and every time he's come on the black jersey, he delivers. And, and, and that's a pretty important thing. He will deliver.
1: Yeah, well, actually, you had a text come through here, Carmo, as well, which uh, which is interesting because uh, it was this is somebody that you mentioned last night. Uh, the text says, hey, Ricardo, can you ask Carmo, wouldn't Tom Robinson be the ideal AB blindside to combat the big packs of the box, the English, the French and the Irish?
4: Well, I love Tom Robinson's attitude. I, I love his energy, and I know people are giving him a bit of a stick to give away those two penalties in, in that game, but... Uh, you want guys to be in the in the contest you want guys to fight to the damn bitter end and near the first penalty where he gave away for obstruction that was a bit of a you know a, a dumb one but the, the second one the lineout you don't want a guy just to you know stand there and let the opposition win the ball no problems at all and, 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 and maybe uh win the game he was contesting the lineout and that lineout penalty could have gone in any other game any any other way so I love Tom Robinson's attitude and yeah, I loved his dedication to the team. I love that he wanted to stay in the fight. Um, so I was never that stressed uh, about that last penalty to be honest uh, with you. But yeah, we're, we're talking about Tom Robinson. We're talking about physicality, aren't we? Uh, and I'm not quite sure at this, this point in time, I know he's got the energy. I know he's got the work rate. Right, he's clearly got the ticker. There's no you know, question about that. But has he absolutely got that fearsome reputation in a fearsome uh, defensive um, mindset that no international team is going to go around that blind site. No international team will try and pick up from the base of the scrum because they're going to get driven back. At this stage, uh, I'm not sure Tom Robinson quite fills that void. Uh, That's why I'm really interested to see how a guy like Luke Jacobson can fill that void or clearly an Ethan Blackadder who can do the same.
1: Yeah, he's not quite the uh, the ginger Kano yet, Tom Robinson, but we'll see how he, how he develops. Carmo, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Really appreciate it. Go well, uh, enjoy your cycle, and uh, enjoy that game this weekend too, eh? Yeah,
4: everyone enjoy the game,
1: and go the Chiefs. The Chiefs, indeed, the Carmo kid uh, with us, Ian Jones, at 22 past nine here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Your thoughts on what Carmo had to say? Chiefs, Crusaders, which way are you going? Uh, let us know on the Temper Bedpost Text Machine, Temper and Bedpost like no other, 8833. We'll come back with some of your texts next. Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's 9:27 here on SENZ uh, mornings with Smithy Ricardo ball in the hot seat Smithy of course touring the country with the Cricket World Cup. and uh, you can tune in to SENZ every Sunday from 11 till 12 for Greyhound Racing New Zealand's dog speed. This is got Greyhound experts Mark Rosinowski and Annie McCook don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's dog speed 11 till 12 on Sundays. Uh, Just updating you, there are live Champions League games on at the moment. It is the round of 16 and Bayern Munich Uh, hosting FC Salzburg of Austria this finished one all in the first leg in Austria and uh, that uh, surprised a few people but Bayern Munich are getting business done. Uh, Robert Lewandowski if you were in any doubt about how good this man is, a 23 minute hat trick at the beginning of the first half Uh, Bayern lead 3-0 at the moment and 4-1 on aggregate and pretty much have uh, you would say put that tie to bed. In the other tie Liverpool playing uh, Inter Milan and this is at Anfield, Liverpool lead 2-0 from the first leg, that is currently nil 25 minutes in. Uh, going to the uh, temper bedpost text machine, uh, Ken has text through saying, Ricardo, it'll be a tough game I'm going Chiefs by 6 and don't forget Akita for six for the ABs. He'll be back soon. Cheers, Ken. Yeah, Keriwani, of course, uh, another one in the conversation for the 6th jersey. We certainly do have plenty of options. Uh, Brad has also texted through saying, Ricardo, what are your thoughts on the situation at Manchester United? It's really tough to see being a huge fan. Yeah, it is. It is is tough to see, mate, to be fair, as in United fan, but I think it all goes upstairs. Ed Woodward was left in charge for too long. The Glazers... Uh, Who are the owners? I don't think have, so long as the club is turning over a profit and uh, still one of the biggest earners in sport, they don't really worry about what's going on on the field. They need to get that right. Uh, It's not the coach, because they've kept changing the coach, and nothing's changed. There's a few players they need to get rid of, and they will be gone uh, come the the off-season. I'm talking like Pogba, Lingard, a few of those uh, will be out, and uh, they need to get some discipline back in the dressing room. Uh, and they need the right coach to do that, but they also need the right structure above that coach to make that happen. And uh, I think we're still a few years away from seeing United truly competitive with the likes of City and Liverpool at the moment. You can keep your texts coming through for us on the Temper Bedpost Text Machine. It is a double eight, A to double three. Temper and Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. It's time for news now with Emma. at uh, 28 away from 10 here on SENZ mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for Smithy as he uh, tracks around the country uh, with the Cricket World Cup part of the commentary team. Uh, joining us now is a man who's played uh, plenty of games. Plenty of games uh, as a hooker in uh, lots of teams, New Zealand, Māori, uh, super rugby, of course, uh, for the Crusaders and the Chiefs as well, and uh, who has recently uh, done a really good thing. John Akarangi, uh, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Yes, good morning.
5: Fantastic. Thank you very much. A beautiful Auckland, sunny Auckland day.
1: Yeah, loving it, mate, loving it. And uh, I, I want to ask you, first of all, of course, you um, uh, you know, we've, there's been a lot of talk about Shane Warne in the last week, but you know, it, it's been a it's been a, like a, a real one-two, hasn't it? In terms of we lost Inga, we lost Joe Alley, we lost Rod Marsh, then we lost uh, Shane Warne, and, and and we've lost a lot of big sporting heroes for this part of the world. Um, and I know that you were, uh, you know, knew Joe Alley well, um, and and you've been raising money for his family, uh, ten thousand dollars for a jersey. How did this come about?
5: Yeah, fantastic. Uh... Um, I got a. Uh, obviously, we got the notice that um, um, I heard actually through through a friend who sent me a message that said Joelle's just passed, and obviously I was in the middle of of uh, uh, of just trying to uh, uh, understand or, or get past the situation of Inga, uh, who mm. who twenty four hours earlier uh, we got told, um, and then uh, immediately uh, the, that day I received a message from um, from Mark. And, uh, and the guy who owned the jersey, and um, and Mark uh, Mark offered the jersey uh, to help to bring Joelly home. Um, so from that point there, we kicked into gear, and uh, and and away we went. Um, it was just a just a fantastic uh, a fantastic um, donation that, that Mark offered to try to help get Ellie back home here to New Zealand.
1: Yeah, so ten thousand dollars. Rate. How many bids was that, or was it was somebody just come in with a big bid and you know do the whole boom, it's mine."
5: Yeah, well, actually, I, I um, I sort of thought that there were, there were a couple of people that were going to do that at the last minute. We we reached nine thousand in the first uh, twenty four hours, wow. um, and in the first day we got to nine thousand, and then people started started bidding uh, fifty here, a hundred there, um, and then yesterday just before it closed. Um, a bid was made for ten thousand on the not, on the nose and uh and one it just it all close.
1: Wow, that's uh, that is well done. That's that's a uh, someone who, who knows how the auctions work, um John. <laughs> yeah. Um can can, can can you uh tell us who it is? Do we do we know who it is that's that's won the jersey?
5: Um, it is actually a, a sponsor for counties, one of the sponsors for counties. I'm not sure um if if they'll allow me to say or not, but uh um if I can uh Um, I know that Aaron Lawton, of CEO, is, uh, has got it under control, and, and Aaron has said that uh, Aaron has said that um, the guy that purchased it uh, is their sponsor. It's uh, um, a company that uh, that does housing and building. And that's fair.
1: yeah. So it, it no, stays in the county's I'm family.
5: The guy's name is Aaron Hall. I believe his name is Aaron Hall. Well,
1: good. Cool. Well done, Aaron. Well done, that man. Uh, and it stays in the county's family in a way too, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, thank goodness. You know, I mean uh, um it's it's a fantastic jersey. You know, it's signed by some big names, you know, is on that on that jersey, um Gamala. there's uh there's um Colin Meads on that jersey, there's Stan Meads, there's there are some absolute legends of rugby uh, from New Zealand on that uh, on that jersey and and it's uh, it's a fantastic buy.
1: Now, uh, John, obviously, uh, you've had a, a, a week or two now to to process the the loss of, of Inga and Joe Alley. Um, can you t- tell us what they meant to you individually, and and and, and what you know Joe Alley was like uh, for you as a teammate?
5: Oh, look, um, uh, Inga and, and my uh, uh, my relation relationship go back to when we were twelve and thirteen years old when we first played against each other, and then uh, and in those days I called him Vi. You know, I was just talking to uh, to his youngest son about that situation. You know, I said, you know, I've only ever known him as Vi, as Vi, as Vi through school days, and when he was at I and I was at eighty four, eighty five at a Grammar. Then, then I moved to uh, to St Peter's College, and 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 every time it was Hi Vi, you know, and, and when he when he became Inger, I was like, oh, who's Inger? <laughs>
1: well, Vi and the then, winger doesn't um, have the same ring to it, does it?
5: No. <laughs> no, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, so you know, Inga's a, a fantastic guy, you know, just uh, just uh, you know, really close for many, many years and I think it was a secret friendship that we had because I was obviously a um a bad boy type, you know, and he had that really good boy image, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> and then um and then obviously Joe Alley, well Joe Alley and I played for, for a number of years and when I was in the in the blues group for for the 96 team, and then um, and then obviously through those years, and then when I moved to counties, and Joe Eddie's just a, a great friend, a great man, you know, and, and obviously, you know, we, we kick ourselves for not actually taking the time to go and see him, but when I when I came back to New Zealand after 20 years, it was one of those stops that I wanted to make, and, and I understood he wasn't home, so I was like, okay, well, we'll get to him when, when he comes home, and then, and then I never got the opportunity, so, you know, I mean, you never put off anything that you think that you, you're able to do tomorrow with people. No. You never know. You yeah, never know. Me.
1: No, that's a that's a that's a great that's a great call, actually, mate. That's a great call, uh, John. I know that uh, while you were overseas, you had uh, you had your own health issues as well. If you don't mind me asking, how are you now?
5: Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm okay right now. Uh, thank goodness. Yes, yes, I did um, the in 2009 my aorta. Um, I had an aneurysm um, on the arc arc of the of the aorta, and I was lucky to survive that. You know, I am obviously uh, Inge passed from an aneurysm in his aorta. Um, they they weren't able to save him, but I was very lucky. Uh, that was 2009, 2015. It ripped again. Uh, 2016, um, they took the entire aorta uh, abdominal aorta out. So I've got a prosthetic aorta right now, um, and it's uh, and it's working really well. Thank goodness. And then in 2019, I had a heart attack. So, so I've been through the ringers, but I've, I've died three times and survived three times, and and very very lucky, very blessed, and uh, and very grateful. And very grateful for my partner, Daniela, who, who helped me through those times. You know, It was uh, lucky. Luckily, yeah. she was there to do that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we should change your nickname from Axe to Cat. It sounds like you've got as many lives.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, John, of course, the two-year-old team's going head-to-head this weekend on what's probably going to be uh, the match of the round, the Crusaders and the Chiefs. You look at those packs, man. There's, there's not much that separates them, is there?
5: it's oh, very little. It separates those boys at their level, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm very interested to see who's going to who's going to be solid. And obviously, the Crusaders are, are who they are. They work on their set pieces. They work on um, on the distribution from that point there, and they they pride themselves on that. So, and then pride themselves again from that point at their at their breakdown. And and if a team can really really upset them, then I think it'll be in those uh, in those in those three phases: set phase with scrum and uh, lineout, and uh, and breakdown from there.
1: It's interesting looking at uh, things. I mean, you're talking about your opposition as hooker. I mean, you know, Dane Coles is obviously he's been around for a while now, and I don't know how much longer he'll be running round in an All Black jersey. Cody Taylor's obviously uh, our out and out number two at the moment, um, and uh, and 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 he looks good, but you know he is he's not a, a youngster either. So looking at the depth um, of hooking talent around New Zealand, who do you like? I mean. We've got somebody, Sony uh, Tokiaha, has had a chance. Asafo uh, Amu has had a chance. Um, Liam Coltman, Coltman, a few years ago, had an opportunity, but he seems to have fallen out. Kurt Eklund seems to be uh, putting his head above the parapet for the Blues this season. I mean, who, uh, how are our hooking stocks at the moment, and who do you like?
5: Well, I think I've, I think we've got great depth in that position there, you know, and uh, and they've done a lot of great work. They've done a lot of great work over the last um, over the last few years to create depth in a lot of positions. And uh, and Hooker being Hook one of them, those uh, those two boys are far too. And those boys that you've just uh, mentioned, I think those boys are really really interesting uh, to to look at and watch. And if they're able to step up and take that next level of play and bring that to their string, I think those boys there are going to be are going to be ones to to lead the way through. But you know you, you never know. Um, New Zealand has this uncanny ability to to discover an, uh, um a superstar uh, tomorrow type scenario. You know, so I mean there are a lot of uh, young players in there. Eklund as well is uh is another one that should should be looked at for the future and will be looked at for the future obviously. I think if he can um if he can work on his uh on his precision at line out, work on his ability at uh um with ball in hand around the field and his and uh and his ability to go forward, I think he'd be a, a very good uh, a very good prospect as well.
1: Yeah, I mean he 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 loves a pushover try, doesn't he, he loves bit bit on the back of a rolling mold doesn't he?
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You gotta love that with tight forward players, you know, just love that stuff. Yeah,
1: he's love got that. more tries than a lot of the uh, a lot of the daisy pickers as Ian Jones calls them.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. He certainly knows how to control that uh, that back of more with the ball in hand. Which is which is uh which is absolutely uh absolutely essential as a hooker. You're the last one in there, near enough, so you gotta control yeah. that and go forward from there.
1: Uh, John Akurangi is with us uh, former of course uh, Crusaders and Chiefs hooker and would and, and spend time at the Blues in New Zealand Māori as well mate, before we let you go uh, can you give us a prediction for the weekend Chiefs, Crusaders, how's it going to roll? <laughs>
5: um, I'm going with the Chiefs
1: <laughs> He's going to go with the Chiefs, so did Carmo actually yeah, Kamu, I mean it's not surprising that carmo has gone with the Chiefs but you know
5: Yeah it's not surprising Kamo's he's, gone uh, he's probably drawn towards them you know played there I played with him there, and and uh, and the Chiefs, I think, um, I think have got a bit of an X factor in there, and I think they can really pull it out if they can, they can work that set phase, put pressure there, and and win those rucks. If they can do that, then um, I think they'll put a lot of pressure on the on the on the Crusaders and their and their play and their style of play.
1: Yeah, fantastic, John. Hey, re- listen, really appreciate your time today, mate. It's uh, been fantastic talking to you, and well done on 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 getting that money to help get Joe Alley home.
5: Yeah, thank you very much, and thank you for everybody who's. We made a bid, um, thank you for everybody who was involved in that, the Art Gallery, uh, the Auckland Art Gallery, the Counties Manical, um, and, and Aaron Hall, who, who ended up purchasing the, the item. Um, thank you all very much for the help, and, and all of this is going to do really well to bring Joeli back to New Zealand and, and, uh, and lay him to rest.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, John Akurangi there with us on Mornings with Ian Smith here on SENZ. It is 16 away from 10. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It is uh, 11 away from 10 here on SENZ. Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for him as he travels around the country with the Cricket World Cup coverage. Uh, but uh, time to talk some news headlines and uh, there's some, uh, some big deals happening in the world of American sport. Let's start with uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, they have done a deal with Apple uh, for Apple to be uh, the Friday night baseball I don't know host if you would call it, they're going to host a double head Friday nights. they have pre and post game uh, and it's going to be available to fans in eight countries to start with. Logan, I know you're uh, across this. What do you make of this deal?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because this is Apple based making their first kind of move into the the realm of live streaming sports. So, I mean, maybe baseball is an interesting one because right now they're having you know their labor disputes and the lockout is going on, and we don't even know when the season is actually going to start. There's a lot of messiness there that we won't get into right now, but uh, this could be huge. I mean. We see YouTube in the states have made the same kind of move as well. They've done a lot of uh, live streaming. Of course, that's geo-blocked to the states, so it makes no bearing here in New Zealand. But. Uh One of those eight countries, unsure if New Zealand is one of them, would be awesome if it is. I mean, we get a little bit of baseball here on ESPN. The diehards obviously pick up uh, MLB TV, but this potentially could go the way of what we've seen down under uh, with the ESPN and NHL deal, which has Mm. royally screwed over a lot of uh, fans here. So hopefully we don't see the same thing uh, in baseball. I mean, it is only Friday nights, but uh, there's still more to come. Yeah,
1: well I'm looking at it, this is the countries that it covers at the moment, the US, Canada, Australia, Brazil, Japan, Mexico, Puerto Rico, South Korea and the UK um, is what it covers. So uh, yeah, I mean, but given this is an American company, they might just lump us in with Australia, but uh, New Zealand is not named at this stage.
0: Well, if they even know that New Zealand is on the map, uh, typically I think (laughs) Apple do usually lump New Zealand into the same category, so we we may see it here. We may see it
1: here. Uh, the other thing we want to talk about, mate, is uh, NFL, and there's a lot of player movement. Um, there was some talk about whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to uh, stay at Green Bay or he was going to move, but it looks like we've got an answer on that now.
0: We do. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers mind games uh, continue. There was a lot of reports coming out uh, this morning that Aaron Rodgers has signed a new deal worth $200 million over four years, and that includes 153 million guaranteed. Of course, that is American dollars, uh, but Aaron Rodgers, being the the guy that he is, he's gone on to Twitter and he said, yes, I have signed, I'm coming back to the Packers next year. However, the reports about me signing a contract are inaccurate, uh, as are the supposed terms of the contract that he has signed, uh, air quotes as he puts it, Uh, but he's very excited to be back. So yeah, a lot of moves there on the NFL front and there's been another huge deal, Ricardo.
1: Yeah, there has been another huge deal, and that deal uh, has seen Russell Wilson, uh, who at 33 has gone from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. And I've got to say, having a look at this deal, uh, I mean, whoever stitched this deal together from the end of the Seahawks is absolutely laughing.
0: Yeah, I don't know how many of our listeners out here uh, that play fantasy NFL. If you do, hit us up on the Tampa Bet Post text machine uh, because I love my fantasy football and I've been chatting with the guys in my league who are just absolute diehards. And as you said, Broncos have just given up so much for Russell Wilson. They've given up two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick. Uh, Quarterback Drew Locke, uh, he didn't really put up big numbers for the Broncos last year, only 787 yards two passing TDs, two rushing TDs, and two interceptions. Not great. Also given up uh, defensive end Shelby Harris and tight end Noah Fant. And then all the Broncos get is Russell Wilson. Yeah, he had a pretty decent year, 3,113 yards, 25 passing TDs, the two rushing TDs, six interceptions, and a fourth round pick. But I mean, as you said, he's 33 and I kind of believe that Russell is not quite at that same tier as the likes of Tom Brady or uh, Aaron Rodgers, who you know have proven themselves in their late thirties to still be absolute monsters there on the gridiron. I just don't really see how well this is going to go down.
1: No, I don't think. I, I don't think it works at all. And I, is John Elway still the GM at the Broncos? Because he has messed up a lot over the years at the Broncos. You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> He's a uh, great quarterback, not a great GM.
0: No, and I, I hopefully we will see uh, South Park, the cartoon, you know, being based in uh, Colorado. That they'll maybe make some jokes there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they've done it before. They could well do it. Zero. This is mornings with Ian Smith on NZNZ. It's a minute away from 10 o'clock here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Ricardo Ball in for him uh, until midday today. Coming up, actually, on the show after uh, news with Emma Greg Murphy, the absolute legend of motorsport, is going to come on. We're going to talk some supercars. We've got the panel with uh, Dil T as well coming out, and the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTanch on the way. And after 11, Chanel Harris-Tavita from the Warriors is jo- going to join us out of Queensland as well. All of that and more. to come for you here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's three past ten here on Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Smithy is uh, around the country uh, doing commentary on the Cricket World Cup at the moment. So you've got me in the hot seat today. And uh, joining me now uh, to uh, talk motorsport is uh, the man, the legend, the Murph, Greg Murphy. How you doing, mate? We got Murph there? Has he dropped off? Oh, OK. Murph's here. Maybe, Maybe he didn't like the intro. Of course, he is. Uh, he is the host of Race Control that is going to be on tonight from eight o'clock with Stephen McIver here on SENZ. Can you hear me now, Murph? I can hear you now, mate. Mate, good to have you on the show. How's that? Uh, how does it feel getting back into Race Control with uh, Mr. McIver? Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So
6: people um, are uh, cranking up. Uh, so uh, yeah, it seems to be. Plenty to, uh, to talk about, plenty
1: of exciting stuff already happening around the world. Mate, yeah, lots lots happening, uh, but let, let's start close to home. Let's start with the Supercars Championship that uh, got underway uh, in Sydney on the weekend, and uh, a, a great start for Shane Van Gisbergen, but uh, what happened on Sunday? Oh, well, yeah,
6: uh, it wouldn't go well on Sunday to start off with for, for Shane. He... Uh, he actually didn't qualify inside the top ten for the for the shootout on Sunday afternoon. Um, after you know being uh, being very good on Saturday, sort of getting all the um, all the things right, he actually made a, a very strange mistake, uh, which uh, hit him off the road a couple of times in qualifying. Pretty tricky conditions, very wet conditions, and then uh, he ended up I think starting 21st on the grid and um, in a typical fashion started to sort of make its way through but then uh, ended up making another mistake and, and uh, was off the road uh, which forced a pit stop and then forced a, a bit of an error in judgment on the strategy. They changed tyres and went for the wet tyre instead of uh, staying on the slick like everybody else and, and uh, was losing time and then they made another pit stop, made a, had a, an issue in the pit stop where they dropped the car without the wheel on that put him over a lap behind. He was one and a half laps down on Sunday, uh, and um, by the end of the 300 kilometres, he'd caught his way all the way back up to uh, to sixth position, which was uh, just a absolutely fantastic recovery and um, a real good salvage salvage job on the on the points. So um, yeah, it was an interesting day for S V G, but all around the racing was very good. Uh, pretty mixed over there. The weather, obviously, Sydney's been copping. Uh, just uh, torrential uh, rain and, and flooding and, and the likes. It actually flooded at the track on on Saturday night after the race on Saturday. It rained and, and the uh, the pits were actually flooded, so they had to deal with all that on um, on on Saturday and uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning as well. So it was it was a tricky old weekend for everybody.
1: It was a tricky weekend. I mean, given that uh, what was going on in Sydney And New South Wales with all the rain and the storms and everything, um, was there any thought about Either postponing or, or, or moving uh, the meet?
6: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they were watching um, very closely, but uh, I, 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 listened, I, I wasn't um, involved in, in here or didn't hear about anything that uh, suggested that that's what they might have done. But I'm sure they were hoping that wasn't, you know, that wasn't going to have to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there was moments there where it was uh, questionable if, uh, if they should have been on the track, but. Fortunately on Saturday night for the night race um, They didn't have any rain I mean it uh, seemed to work out quite well For that one and then Sunday there was a bit of mix Mix of wet and dry throughout Which actually always makes it pretty interesting
1: It does mate, supercars plus rain Is always entertainment plus isn't it
6: Yep, absolutely yeah, no, no, <laughs> It just, uh, it, uh, it does add That dimension and, and, and adds that That uh, bit of guesswork to uh, Strategy which you know sometimes People get right, some people sometimes they get it wrong And and that certainly happened with uh, SVG on the weekend.
1: Yeah. Now, um, I, mean, was, I think he'd be pretty happy. Uh, would yep. he post this round with a with a with a win and a sixth?
6: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think as I say, that was a it was a, a pretty good salvage job. Um, and I and I would say he probably thought he was quite lucky, considering uh, there was a couple of safety cars there uh, during that uh, Sunday race, which which allowed him the ability to. Um, to actually get back uh you know into the race and, and you know put himself in a position to be able to pass cars and, and, and finish up in that sixth position. So I'd say he's probably um yeah, I'd say a bit of a sigh of relief to be honest.
1: Yeah. Now um I mean last couple of seasons we've seen the Ford Mustangs sort of dominate a little bit um the, the Commodores, uh, but it feels like that, that has evened up a lot more this season. How what did Jamaica shell V power racing uh, this weekend? It didn't go all their own, their way, did it?
6: No, and I don't. No, I, don't, I think that everything's pretty even. I think, um, you know, they were doing a very good job. Anton Di Pasquale driving, you know, really, really well late last season. They didn't have the best Bathurst. Um, really was a Commodore fest at Bathurst. And but in the the, the four back-to-back rounds that were held at Sydney Motorsport Park uh, late last year, when the the supercars returned to action, um, Di Pasquale was definitely the class act of of that. Of those events at that time, um, so you know he was pretty quick all weekend. Couple of podiums, um, which uh, you know was a good good start for him as well for the for the season. Um, so I think they'll 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 be good. They'll be strong. It's just it is really at the moment I feel uh, a, a pretty level playing field, and and it really just comes down to having to nail every single last little percentage on, on every part of the process and. You know, those guys, they drive in those teams, like Anton uh, Will Davison, you've got, you know, Shane Van Gisberg in there, Chaz Mostert at WAU. Those guys are in those teams because they are the best at what they do and they extract the absolute most out of, out of their vehicles, no matter if it's a Mustang or a, or a Commodore. So I, I, don't, I haven't heard the parody word for a while. I think everyone is, is pretty, pretty happy with where uh, the two cars uh, sit as far as comparison to each other and speed. It just comes down to the people operating them.
1: Yeah. What about uh, Andre Heimgarten, another Kiwi in the mix of course at Brad Jones Racing uh, this year, he got a fifth in that second race um, How do you rate his development at the moment and where do you think he sits in the in the overall picture?
4: Uh,
6: so quite positive I think in, uh, for the, the debut with the team with Brad Jones Racing, he's been really talking up the, the enjoyment level there and how well he feels he fits within that organisation and it's a, it is, it's you know, the one of a probably finally a better term. I mean, it's quite a very family orientated sort of sp- place. You know, they they operate out of Albury, um, uh, at the, in, in Sydney there. Well, sorry, in New South Wales at the right at the bottom on the border of uh, New South Wales and Victoria. They've been there forever. Um, Brad Jones now owns the the whole race team, Holus Bolus. He uh, took over from uh, took over the whole team from his brother Kim, who was uh, a 50-50 in the operation there for a very very long time. I drove for them years and years and years and years ago. Um, they just, you know, they 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 just lovers of the sport. They've um, contributed so much over the years, and and they create a, a, a really, you know, tight knit environment. Not a, you know, um, an environment such as a Triple Eight or anything like that, where it's a sort of that factory sort of feel, you know, um, you know the real big dog kind of operation. They they just um, get it done with hard work and hard hard slog. They've never really been a, seen as a as a, a leading team, but um, in the right environment, right person with the right environment like uh, Andre in there, you know, he's, he's going to probably uh, shine, I think, and um, showcase his skills because he's going to be so comfortable and confident and already out, out the, at the back of the weekend, he's talking about how, um, how good he feels in the car and, and he's already, you know, um, showing some great speed out, out the gate. So the next tests clearly will be that if he can continue, you know, that, that comfortable, consistent sort of speed, when they turn up at Tasmania in a few weeks. So, you know, it's going to be great to see how that works out for him because he's been sort of a bit lacklustre and not because of himself, but just because of, you know, the the combination of team and driver not working over the last few years when he was at uh, Cali Racing and Cali Grove Racing. So, fingers crossed, it does work for him.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. A, a bloke that we uh, aren't seeing too much of this year. Uh, he's on a part-time drive now. Uh, is Fabian Coulthard? Um, I mean, where where's Fabian's career sit at the moment as a driver? I mean, he's how old is he now? Thirty-nine. I mean, is he likely to get yeah. another full-time drive?
6: No, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, and if he got offered another full-time drive, it would be in a team where he's not going to be at the front of the field. So. Mm. You know, he, uh, he lost his drive at uh, the Penske or DJR and, um, you know, ended up at the, you know, the bottom feeder of the category, which was um, techno, techno racing. And subsequently that only lasted 12 months and it was all over and it was miserable for him. Um, he won't want to go through that again. And, and you know, uh, having a year off and going and driving in the Enduros, I think he'll probably quite enjoy that. And being in a team that is going to, you know, give him the chance to actually win again. Um, I think that'll be quite exciting um, So, you know, fingers crossed he picks up a few other things He's got, I think, maybe some other drives lined up In the, the TCR Championship and the likes But, you know, I, I would say his full-time career in supercars is done
1: yeah, he's, he's not ready to go slumming it in the media with you just yet, Murph?
6: Oh, mate, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't slum it, mate, I'm, mate it's, it's, I focus and work hard on the old media side It's, But, you know, it's where I, I think that's where I'm meant to be It's where I'm meant Sweet. to be
1: and the, the, the gift, the, you have the gift, mate. You have the gift. Hey, we, we talked about Shell V Power Racing and Anton Di Pasquale, Will Davidson. Of course, uh, you know both very good drivers, but trying to uh, trying to fill the shoes of uh, one Scotty McLaughlin, who is just setting things on fire wherever he goes. What have What have you made to his start of an, uh, an IndyCar for his second season? Uh
6: oh, I mean, I,
1: I struggle to put it into words. To be honest,
6: I mean, he's doing. I. Personally, I had absolute 100% faith um, that this was going to happen. I just I just uh, sort of know what he's like. I know what he does. I know his work ethic. I know uh, how he focuses and, and how he learns and, and applies um, what he needs to do to, to be better. And he he never sits still for one second. And, and so, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by what he did at uh, St. Pete last week um, or a week and a half ago. Um, just just absolutely fantastic and i'm uh, so proud of of, of him and, and what he's achieved but um there's a lot more of that to come
1: yeah yeah looking forward to it mate looking forward to it and, and what uh, speaking of looking forward to things race control what what's on the agenda tonight
6: well yeah you know, it will be uh being that we're on a, a wednesday not a thursday it's been a bit of a shuffle around um and we're an hour and a half tonight uh, there'll be a lot of supercar chat. Um, obviously, um, we still aren't quite sure who we m- might be able to get on the show just yet They've been a little bit elusive this week um, But And then uh, we'll be talking a bit about MotoGP as well Because that uh, first race was on uh, from Qatar on the weekend Which was again, uh, just an awesome, awesome um, debut And uh, Nea Bassanini uh, won his first GP um, uh, the, uh, at the first round this year, so that was that was uh, amazing for Christini Racing. There's a really good story behind that. So, MotoGP's the underway, and and uh, there's plenty of other news around the place um, that uh, happened over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, mate, uh, we'll we'll fill the fill the void. MacGyver and I'll will stumble through it somehow, and yeah, hopefully uh, we'll get a few people We're giving heaps of prizes away. Ripco, our sponsor, are uh, handing us so much stuff to to give out to the. The listeners, so um, you know, listen on, ring in, call in, give us your opinions, having any any thoughts, and we'd love to hear from uh, from anyone that's um, out there who's a motorsport fan.
1: Yeah, good stuff. All right, you can check in uh, with Murph and McIver on Race Control tonight from eight o'clock. Murph, thanks very much for your time, bud. Go well and have a great show tonight. Cheers, mate. Talk soon. Thanks for coming. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks very much, Greg Murphy. Absolute legend and part of the SENZ team here as well, race control. Usually Thursday nights, as Murph mentioned there, but tonight, Wednesday night from 8 o'clock tonight with Stephen McIver. Coming up shortly, uh, we're going to get the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTash with the Dilmar panel. But uh, right now we have uh, breaking news from Logan.
0: Yes, like we do. It. This just coming in on the Newswire, Ricardo. Mike Sandal, uh the long standing Black Caps manager, uh, will leave his position at the end of this summer to take on a role of CEO of Taranaki Rugby. Of course, the former New Plymouth uh, policeman, is coming back home. Uh, Turned rugby manager has been with the side since 2011 and is widely credited uh, for playing an important role in the upward trajectory over the past decade. Uh, As manager, Sandal oversaw six ICC Men's Cricket World Cup campaigns, including three World Cup finals, along with last year's World Test Championship triumph. So massive, massive news there. Huge part of that Black Caps uh, organisation. So uh, I've already had Smithy on the line, and he's really keen to talk to him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he's keen to talk to him. He's just not keen to talk to me. That's great. Okay, it's seventeen past ten. Uh, the Dilmar panel is up next. Ian Smith on NZ. The expertise
2: panel brought to you by Dilmar. Do try it.
1: Yeah, this is the Dilmar panel, and uh, today the expertise come from a uh, uh, combat sport expert, and in fact, all around General sports guy Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainch from Sky Sport as well. Good uh, morning, gentlemen. How are we?
7: Great, uh, Ricardo. Good nice buddy. to hear you, Jeff. How are you doing, bro?
3: Good, bro. Good to be uh, good to be back in New Zealand and uh, only just starting to adjust again to the time zones. I've been up uh, about three o'clock in the morning for the past couple of weeks. I don't know how. I Haven't managed to shake the jet lag, but um, here we are. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I, I've got to say, I uh, Jeff and uh, you know do, uh, uh Really enjoyed your commentary on Friday between of the Crusaders minor Pacific game, mate. I I actually uh, had to flick a message and go, Mate, how how good is changed? How long's he been doing this? Oh mate, appreciate that. No, it was uh it was great to uh to be down there in Dunedin. I mean it
3: was a bit, bit unfortunate obviously. We haven't had the crowds at the stadium, so hopefully, uh, you know, we can we can get uh, get some bums on seats and
1: yeah, that, I mean that would be ideal. We've had the uh, the announcement, of course, that they've opening the Cricket World Cup matches now up to twenty percent crowds rather than ten percent. hopefully that uh, um, continues yeah. to increase.
3: Uh, yeah, exactly. I think there was a lot of lot of lot of chat about how they might go against the Crusaders, but I think um, for that first game they they turned up and and put in a good performance that they can be proud of. And um, I think that says a lot about the Bunnings NPC and the yeah you know, that layer below Super Rugby, just how good it actually is. And you see the likes of Lincoln McClutchy. Um, you know, a lot, lot of talk about him over the last few years and that he should have been playing super. I think he, he stood up, played really well. So Aaron Major can be pretty happy with that performance, I think.
1: Yeah, Levi al shoulders are made of rocks too. Man, he hurt a lot of people in that <laughs> game. That was outstanding. Hey, we, we'll get to Super Rugby in a bit. Let's uh, uh, talk uh, the news that Joseph Parker and Anthony Joshua could meet again. Um, uh, Anthony Joshua said that he's open to a rematch with Joseph Parker. I think there's probably a couple of hurdles in the way of this Um and one of them potentially, potentially Dillian White. Uh, what do you make of that, Brad? How do you think it would go, and do you think it'll happen?
7: Well, I know that um, Joe is super keen on White and Joshua rematches, spoke to him recently about that, uh, and he's kind of in, in luxe at the moment. Like uh, he just No one wants to fight Joe, or no one wants to put their name on the dotted line because he looks so good in his last fight, and now he becomes a risk-versus-reward situation for a lot of these guys, whereas, you know, Six months ago, um, putting him on your on your list was a good thing, but um, he's got such a high ranking now, and he's such a dangerous opponent that a lot of guys don't want to fight him. So I know the Joe Joyce fight was pretty close to happening, but it looks like that's fallen through for Joe as well, which is really unfortunate. Um, and I've spoken to Joe about the, the Joe Parker thing, and he, he felt that, you know, he's watched that fight back several times, as probably a lot of us have, and he feels like he didn't leave everything he had in in the ring, whereas Joshua probably did. He was out-thought, out-coached, uh, you know, out-boxed in that fight. And I think the Joe that we've seen, he's improved, and I feel like Anthony Joshua maybe has, has decreased a little bit. People have figured him out. He's very robotic in his... In his he 's a very systematic fighter, very uh, you know technical, very robotic in, in the way that he goes about it um, so a little bit of dynamic dynamic um offense can sort of undo him as we saw in the Usyk fight so yeah I th- look I think the second fight would be a lot closer in the first fight. Joshua still has that knockout power, but joe 's got as good as chin as anyone in the division, and if this fight does happen it, w- it would be it would be a great thing. We know Dillian White 's going to probably fight Tyson Fury. Uh, coming up, and I'm with Usyk now, potentially on the shelf. For I mean, he he said he's putting boxing on the back burner, so it, it could be a long time before we see him. So yeah, um, it, it could happen. Um, it's just interesting that you know I talked to Smithy about this a couple of weeks ago. War does strange things in sport, and it could totally, you know, um, turn turn around the whole entire heavyweight division with Usyk on the shelf for however long he decides to take off.
1: Yeah I mean you say war and I mean that's looked like uh, what Parker Chisora two was it was war I mean Joe Parker talked Mm. to me a while ago about uh, the difference training with Andy and Tyson Fury was that you know the thing that they want to do when they get in the ring with someone is they want to hurt them they don't just want to box them they want to hurt them and I think that that maybe is rubbed off on Joe we saw more of that against uh, Chisora in the second fight Jeff what about you where are you on this one?
3: yeah brad makes a good point it's uh it's hard to say which way uh this will go for joseph i think he he's certainly improved as a as a boxer um over the last couple of fights especially with with uh with the furies being in camp with them and he said it himself he's he's a different boxer you know john fury um you know is sort of i guess coaxing him out of his shell a little bit he said himself that he he was perhaps a wee bit defensive too defensive in that uh that fight against Anthony Joshua. Um, But over the last couple of fights against such a a rugged, um, you know, boxer as as Derek Chisora is, um, you know, Joseph showed that not only is he able to go um, toe-to-toe with someone that's so respected in the division for 12 rounds back-to-back, but also um, show us a few of those bombs that perhaps he'd be keeping away. So, yeah, it's hard to say um, what might happen. I know Anthony Joshua is keen to fight him um it, it, you know, if, if, if it did happen, it would be great for Joseph. I think he's a, he's a, a much more improved boxer than he was. A- Andy Ruiz is also another option, potentially. Um, I mean, that's got great market value as well. Obviously, it's been, what, six years since uh, Joe won the WBO title off, off of Andy uh, in Auckland. And, and I know that um, out of the Ruiz side of things especially, um, you know, there, there was uh, a lot of chat at the time and still is to this day as to whether or not Joseph actually won that fight. A lot of people felt that Andy Ruiz um, should have should have been handed the WBO belt there. Obviously, Andy went on to to, to beat Anthony Joshua as well. So there's a storyline there. There's a theme there. Um, I think for for, um, for Joe, it's just staying warm, staying busy. But, um, yeah, I think Andy Ruiz is a possibility. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, again, I think the best thing for Joseph at the moment is that he's got um, a great team behind him in the Furies. And, um, yeah, I think there's good things to come.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Um, we should. Uh, we're going to talk NRL. We're going to talk some Super Rugby, some All Whites as well, and some NFL uh, here on uh, the Dilmar panel with the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTainsh. But before we do that, let's grab news from Emma, and we'll come back with more from the, uh, the Dilmar panel and the expertise of these two gentlemen.
2: The Expertise Panel, brought to you by Dilmar. Do try
1: it. Yeah, 29 away from 11, and the expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTanch with us on the Dilmar panel. And, gentlemen, the NRL gets underway tomorrow night. We've got the Panthers taking on the Sea Eagles first up. Uh, I don't know about you, Brad, but I'm sea Eagle, I'm all over the Sea Eagles. I got on them at $2.30. They're now into $1.80, and I think... Uh, not only Nathan Cleary not being there, but no Matt Burton, no Kurt Capewell, you uh, know, Brett Naden, no Paul Momorovsky. They've lost a lot of depth.
7: They they have, and uh, like with Manly, Rick, I just kind of kind of feel like it's the like you that's know, their year, right? Like. Dez has done, you know, if you look at their, their progression in the last sort of three or four years, I mean, before Hasler came back from the Bulldogs, they were, you know, almost salad dwellers of the competition. And, you know, he's done wonders for Daly Cherry Evans, really turned his career back on the right path. Obviously, if Tommy Turbo stays fit, um, that he's going to be a danger. Jake Trebojevic, they've just, you know, young Schuster looks to be a really good prospect. I actually like Manly for the whole entire competition this year, lads. And, um, you know, I'm not a not a Manly fan by any means, but was just, I, I felt they were, you know, one or two steps away from from potentially um, achieving that last season, and and you're right, Penrith are still going to be a very very good side when they have all their players uh, on the park. But yeah, um, I I really like the Seagulls in this game, and I really like Manly for the entire competition.
1: What about you, Jeff? Where where are you on this game and and, and on the comp? Who do you like? Yeah, I mean
3: it's it's foot uh, it's of the mountains first up uh, for the Seagulls. I mean it's um. It's it's going to be a tough one for them. I mean, I know that they haven't got all the all the personnel on board for for the first up game. Obviously Nathan Cleary as well. But I mean, they're going to be they're going to be still, I think, one of the sides to beat. I mean, I know there's been been influx in and out um, for for the Panthers, but um, they've still got um, as far as I'm concerned that core. And, and when you've got a guy like Nathan who who, who you know when he gets fit and, and gets right. Um, they're going to be a, a tough side this season. I think the Warriors. <laughs> I know we're we're looking ahead to that one uh, against the Dragons at Redcliffe. I mean, it's been it's been such a tough tough time for for Brownie's team uh, being away and uh, being away from New Zealand. But I think for for another season uh, for them, especially, it's going to be an interesting one. And obviously, Sean back on board, uh, running things around with Rhys. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, to see what they can produce uh, but no, it's going to be a fascinating fascinating opening round it's, it's one of those it's the round isn't it where you, you start to see um, you know in the off season uh, where some of the transfers uh, just just how you know how the teams uh, how the teams settle uh, and, and go, go into the season so yeah first couple of rounds of the NRL uh, this year I think it's going to be fascinating and uh, looking forward to,
1: to that first game yeah what what's your what's your pick of game of the round Brad
7: uh, I love the new game. I mean, um, you know, you look at the schedule, that, that stands out. Uh, I think Roosters-Knights is going to be a really good contest. It'll uh, be interesting to see if the Broncos are going to be any better. They've recruited really well this year. Um, the Rabbitohs are obviously going to be a very, very good side. Um, there's a couple, of, a couple of good games. The Titans and the Eels as well. The Titans uh, talked a big game had talked a big game in the off offseason. They had a reasonably good season last year, um, and the Eels are one of the competition favorites. And, of course, we want to see how the Warriors go as well. So, And also a big weekend for Michael McGuire. You kind of feel like he's, what, got three or four weeks, potentially, to, to get the Tigers uh, running forward. Otherwise, he could be facing the ax. I think he's the favorite to be the first coach sack this season. So uh, it's, um, it's exciting. I love the NRL. I love
1: that it's, be, it's, it's back and, uh, yeah,
7: and on Sky Sport, of course, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, indeed. I mean, if you've got three or four games to save your career or to save your job, you don't want to be playing the storm first up. Let's be honest. Uh, but uh, let's <laughs> no talk. Um, way, <laughs> let's talk game of the round uh, for Super Rugby. Uh, Jeff, I know uh, you'll be all over this, mate, and and I don't think you can go past that uh, Crusaders Chiefs game, uh, Particularly those two packs. I had Carmo on earlier today. Uh, he's just salivating at the thought of Ritala and Lord going head to head with Whitelock and Barrett.
3: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean it's it's hard to think that last week the Crusaders had uh had a couple of second rows in there that don't usually run out for them and, and Quentin Strage and Mitch Dunche and they'd rested the Scott Barrett, the captain and, and Sam Whitelock. Uh mate, they can run out of D team can't they and still be st- solid any day of the week. I'm really Impressed with how that Chiefs pack's going. Look, last week against the Blues, uh, a tough Blues pack. I think Sam Kane uh, really stood up as well. I think he's coming back into some good form. Uh, saying, look, I, I want to be uh, in that All Blacks mix. Um, you know, come come mid-year. So, uh, I mean, the Crusaders, um, the Crusaders backline. I think with Richie Morgan coming off the bench last week. Um, are showing that um that they 're going to be scary really scary the thing about will jordan uh the form he 's in at the moment um yeah, and, and just the balance for scott robinson he's he 's just he 's blessed with so many riches in that team I think for him it 's going to be um, I think that the, the, the challenge for Scott Robinson is which team do I pick each week and I think he's going to have to get some sort of consistency around that and, and how he wants to select because he has got players, um, he's got third choice players that other super rugby teams would love to have starting for them. So, uh, that's going to be, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating battle up front, uh, in, in the locking department. I think Ethan Black had it last week, mate. He, he has, yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about the answer at six a lot in New Zealand rugby. Who, who, who we want uh, on the blind side flank for the for the All Blacks, and um, I know there was a lot of chat, and, and rightly so, about Liam Squire for a long time, and having having a scary body uh, in that jersey, and, and Ethan Black at him he he is just playing. Some unbelievable rugby out of his skin. So that's going to be a, a, a heck of a challenge. Um, the, the other game I am looking forward to seeing, seeing how it unfolds. The Highlanders, Tony Brown side, so really need to get something going. They've been bit out of sorts. Um, I know they've had a couple of injuries and guys not right, but um, yeah, they come up, up against the Blues side who, um, who last week <laughs> got out of jail. I don't know. Uh, Tom Robinson will be. Uh, would have been uh, breathing a huge sigh of relief after giving him, uh, a couple of penalties but uh now the highlanders need to get things right but c- certainly a fascinating round of super uh coming up this weekend
1: yeah very much so and uh, uh brad of course you've seen a little bit of rts out uh, unfortunately he's got a bit of a shoulder injury at the moment mm. what have you made of his transition to uh to union
7: well aside from that uh, one moment in the hu- hurricanes game i think he's done everything that's been required of him we haven't quite seen the sizzle of of uh, you know like of his rugby league sort of uh, attacking play, but again he's playing at second five eight and and you're not going to see that a lot from a second five eight unless he can get in space. But you know he's missed what one tackle in, in two games. Uh, I think he's done a great job defensively, and he'll just he'll just ease into it uh, once he recovers. Uh, I hope I hope Jeff's not calling the Highlanders Blues game because it's going to be really unfortunate <laughs> to, to hear him. You know, like sort of crying. The commentary box says the Blues are piling on 40, 50 points on the on the landers. Uh, so I, I, hope, I hope I hope Ross has made the decision to pull to pull Jeff from that game.
3: Yeah, mate, you're, uh, you're lucky, mate. I'm doing the Crusaders cheap, so you're, uh, what, yeah, you're off the hook
7: there. Cracking. Yeah, I, say, the be cracking. To the I couldn't agree. Com- couldn't agree with Jeff anymore. Ethan Blackadder I've got a man crush on that human uh, he's, he's an unbelievable rugby player and, and I think he you know, he's, he's got all black captain written all over him as well potentially as well um, down the line uh, and yeah uh, just great to watch the progression of that of that guy. Um, so I think the Crusader's done a really good job not, not exposing him to too much rugby um, over the course of the last couple of years sort of bringing him into the team and the All Blacks the same and, uh, and yeah looking forward to, to, to that game it's going to be a cracker.
1: And just before we let uh, you go, um, boys, uh, honestly, uh, the FBI's 10 most wanted list, I think uh, straight to the top of that now, has gone the Seattle Seahawks after they absolutely robbed the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but they've traded uh, Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, a 33-year-old quarterback. They've got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, uh, and mm-hmm. a fifth-round pick, plus, uh, I think, three players. And uh, in return, they get a 33-year-old quarterback and a fifth-round pick. I mean, this is daylight robbery, isn't it, Brad?
7: It is, but when you consider the Broncos willing to, you know, sort of throw the bank at Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably with, with Brady going the best quarterback in the competition but uh, yeah look um, I think it's a bit of a desperation move from Denver with that missed out on Aaron Rodgers what the sort of trade went through an hour after Rodgers had announced his um his he's staying at Green Bay uh, it's interesting Russell Wilson's such an interesting case because he was um, a ridiculous coaching call away from winning back-to-back Super Bowls and being in the you know and and Seattle lost a lot of players off the back of that, competi- uh, that, that Super Bowl um, a couple of years ago, and they haven't really recovered. And Wilson, at the time, was considered one of the best players in the league, and you know he's he's kind of held Seattle on his back for the last three or four years, and 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 you wonder now this is obviously a reset from the Seahawks, um, but it's, it's it's similar to that that Nets trade a few years ago, right in the NBA, where Sean Marks uh, fleeced, uh, can't even remember what, um, what uh, fleeced some team, or the Nets ended up what losing. Um, seven, eight draft picks for um for a couple of old players. It kind of reminds me of that trade from four or five. I don't I think it was for Sean Max was there, but uh yeah um it reminds me of that um definitely Bronco the Broncos have been fleeced of it here, but they're desperate they're desperate for a top player they're desperate for a marquee quarterback um and and they've got one he's a good player, uh, I just don't know. If he brings a Super Bowl, you need to build a Super Bowl team around him. If that makes sense, like he's not a player that's going to make you a Super Bowl winning team unless you've got the the, the, the tools around him to make him succeed. And I'm not sure Denver do.
1: No, I don't think they do either. They traded away Von Miller for a start, and he would have been a good part of that. But there you go. Uh, thanks very much, gentlemen. This has been the Dilmar panel. The expertise of Brad Lewis and Jeff McTanch go well, gentlemen, and uh, enjoy your week. Go the right. Blues. Thanks for- <laughs> Still to come on the show. Chanel David, uh, Harris DeVita is coming up after 11 o'clock. We'll get to your calls and texts next. Uh, remember, you can throw your thoughts through to us on double eight double three double That is the Temper Bedpost Text Machine. Temper and Bedpost like no other. It's 13 away from 11 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo ball in for Smithy as he tours the country with the Cricket World Cup. You can follow at SENZ underscore radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and send us a DM with the words the race for the chance to win a half percent share of Self Assured. If Self Assured wins the race at Cambridge Raceway on April 14, one lucky winner will walk away with a half percent of the winnings from the race, which is likely to be around about $2,000. Now, uh, just updating you on those uh, Champions League scores, of course, uh, we have some round of 16 games going on. And, uh, boy, Bayern Munich have really put FC Salzburg to the sword, given this was one-all after the first leg. uh, Back home... Uh, they have really turned it on, they currently lead 7-1, 8-2 on aggregate uh, Lewandowski with a penalty, Nabry, Muller with a brace and Sane on the score sheet there and uh, Liverpool versus Inter is the other game, now Liverpool led this 2-0 on aggregate coming in after the first leg but Inter have pulled a goal back through Lautaro Martinez and uh, have just had Alexis Sanchez sent off but it is 2-1 at the moment 5 minutes left in normal time if Inter get another goal it'll be 2 all, and they'll have to go to extra time so keep an eye on that one. Uh, it could be a bit of an upset coming our way in the Champions League. On the way here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, uh, we're going to have a, a TAB update with Pip Morris and a Love Racing update with Louis Herman. What next? Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. The
2: Love Racing.NZ update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan.
1: Yes, yeah, so it is uh, time to uh, do the Love Racing update with uh, the man who, oh, he's like the guy that owned Mr. Ed, he talks to horses, he knows everything. Louis Herman Watt, uh, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I talk to horses, but um, it's my interactions
2: with humans that have got me in more trouble. <laughs>
1: No doubt, mate. No doubt. Uh, how, how how was the uh, the street killer Israel Dagg's uh, picks today for Otaki?
2: No, he's, he's he's now he doesn't have to tippled each day. He's not. He's. Got, he, I think he, he's kind of self censored. He, he's too busy at the moment. He's got this cow. You know, someone reckoned somebody texted and reckoned that cows can see power or feel powerless. They know when a power line uh, when a electric fence isn't running. I don't know if that's just an absolute um, fib or not, but he he reckons that this cow's got out and he's probably still out there chasing it. Or it might be a cattle (laughs) or a bull. He kind of wasn't sure. So different sort of four-legged beast that he's concerned with today, Rick Dog. (laughs) <laughs>
1: That's, uh, the fact that he didn't know if it was a cow or a bull but owns a uh, a lifestyle block is concerning, I think, for everybody, mate. Um now of course uh Karaka is still uh going uh, great guns. How did it, how had it end up yesterday? What was the uh, what was the big news?
2: Wow, there was some um yeah, no surprises. It was David Ellis and Tiako buying up the storm yesterday but There were some other players. Go Racing got involved. Um, We had Kieran Ma going well. Wexford Stables, the Derby Boys, Slants and Andrew Scott, they were getting involved. We saw Richie and Brent Cooper snag a couple of real nice ones. Um, The selling was strong again. I'll be interested to see all the stats about the clearance rates. And, And book one finishes today. It just feels watching it that the clearance rates might be slightly down, and I could be talking absolute shite. So I won't go too much into further into that. We'll wait till we see the statistics that um, Andrew Seabrook and the team at New Zealand Bloodstock put out, and we might even try and do an interview with NZB tomorrow, see if we can p- pin someone down and work out exactly what's going on. But there was a huge highlight on day two, and it was the full sister to Unforgotten out of Fastnet Rock by Fastnet Rock. Um, And it was put up by Caramore and bought by David Ellis for $850,000. They're calling it the filly of the sale, the deep pedigree page and proven, very, very proven relatives and just perfectly conformed. So watch out for that filly, the full sister of Unforgotten, she's going to be a star.
1: Yeah, all right, mate. And uh, before we let you go, uh, give us a uh, give us a tip for Otaki. Uh, are you going to go race for the uh, El Cheapo Cars Handicap? Oh, there's, a, there's a couple I like the look of in there. Prince of uh, Dune with Jonathan Parks and uh, Lisa press on All in Blackberry. I mean, do you be looking at those two?
2: Race four, Prince of Dune, Parksy, bit of form around it, getting up in distance now, Fraser or at very astute through the CD. Definitely could find one worse than that, $6.230. And all in Blackberry, again, at least all press when she matches up with Kevin Gray. I think the strike rate is, um, well, it's quite sensational. Broke its maiden last start, and again goes up in distance. Yeah, you've you've really circled a couple of nice ones there. The money's come for the Seagull in that race there with Daryl Bradley for Jeff Hay. Um, Prince of Dune probably on top for me, but all in Blackberry, two kgs off, and once they win, sometimes they win again. Here's my multi, and... We've lost a bit of value off this. Sacred Oath. Someone tipped the show this morning. It is race two at Ipswich. Um, sensational work finding that one, but it's a dollar thirty. It's coming from a dollar fifty when we tipped it out this morning. So it's a dollar thirty. Ideal in race five at Otaki uh for Alan Sherrick. Very smart Waikato stud. Um out of the I do, who was such a good mare by Savabill. And titled in the last at Otaki, but only a place because I can't get this thing to win. It's still a maiden. It's run two, two, four, two this prep, and it'll probably run another drum. But titled a place, Sacred Oath Race 2, Edip Switch to win an ideal Race 5 at Otaki to win. You're getting about 3 bucks
1: 12 at the moment. Good stuff. Thanks very much, Louis. Uh, we'll uh, keep an eye on those. You can watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18 and on the back of that, uh, Pip Morris from the Tab joins us. G'day, Pip. How you doing?
7: I'm really good, Ricardo. And excited, of course. First round of the NRL starts tomorrow. And back into that outright winner market, and I can tell you, look, total stakes and total bets. Warriors fans, they're still going for the Warriors this year. To be their year at thirty-six dollars, Ricardo. Uh, the outright winner market at the moment leading the way is the Storm with Penrith. But I quite like the Roosters. I think if they can stay uh, injury free this year, I really like their lineup at 550. And interesting, I have to say, with the first game kicking off this round uh, tomorrow, Manly, of course, playing the Panthers. Now knowing that Nathan Cleary is out for the first three rounds, no surprise to see the Seagulls come in a bit head to head at 1.8, but there's still been a $2,000 bet on the Panthers this morning, Ricardo. At one ninety seven, which is interesting, considering they only won sixty percent of their games last season with probably not on the field.
1: Yeah, indeed. All right, good stuff, Pip. Thanks very much for that. Yeah, I, re- I reckon the Warriors fans must keep the TAB going every year with their bets on the on the Warriors to win the Premiership. That's probably what funds things at the TAB. Uh, good stuff, Pip Morris, there with us. You can bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Uh, we're going to uh, head to news and sport now with Emma, and a reminder that just after that. Chanel Harris-Tavita from the Warriors is going to join us. It's 11.03 here on SENZ. Mornings with Ian Smith. Of course, Smithy is uh, on the trek around the country with the World Cup. So Ricardo Ball in the studio for you through to midday today. Between now and then, uh, we, of course, have stumped by me, because Smithy's not here, uh, your chance to win a $50 TAB voucher and some sleep drops as well. We'll also get to your calls and texts. And uh, we'll catch up with Staffy too before the end of the show. Right now, though, my pleasure to uh, welcome to the show out of Queensland uh, Chanel Harris uh Warriors fullback this weekend. Good day, Chanel. How you doing? Morning, Ricardo. How are you, brother? Yeah, good man. Good. How's uh, how's preseason been at Redcliffe? No, nah, it's been um, it's
8: been hot. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the heat slowly started to die. Slowly started to die. Started to die down. So. um the boys are pretty happy and um, round ones this week, so um, also something to
1: look forward to. Yeah, well, that's the thing, mate. It must be you guys must be like um, itching to get out there and, and hit it properly, right? I mean, you, you do all the training and, and the, those preseason headouts and things, but you, you just want it to, to kick off for real. That's it, man. You
8: don't, you don't train to train; you train to play. And um, yeah, you know, we're, we're playing this Saturday, and um, Dragons Dragons got a solid lineup somewhere. Um, we're itching to get out there and put our best foot
1: forward. Yeah, how's um how's things been around Redcliffe? I mean, over here we've seen all the news about the flooding and the rain and the storms. I know I've seen some photos of you guys out helping um, sandbagging and clearing stuff up. I mean, how's it affected you guys in training at all?
8: Um, yeah, so the, the floods have been happening, or the floods happened last week for a few days and um, just didn't stop raining for about four days. And um, unfortunately for us, we couldn't train on the field, so... We got pushed to Sunshine Coast Stadium, and then when we went up there, even um, even then the, the field got closed, so we couldn't train there. So uh, we've had a few disruptions uh, with our field trainings, but um, the the weather's cleared up a bit since
1: then. So uh, we've, we've been um,
8: we're back to pretty much normal training at the moment.
1: It must have been almost like being back home with all that rain. Yeah. Um, Usually in Auckland it's
8: rain and you get you, you all four seasons in one day but um back like in last week it was it was raining for four days straight and yeah it wasn't it wasn't much weather
1: no no mate not flash at all now you've been named at fullback for this game uh you were also uh, you played fullback for the all stars and for the Maori all stars in that game uh kidding named you there how, how did you find uh playing at fullback and, and what's your preference on position
8: yeah it was um it was exciting and um, nerve-wracking. I obviously never played it before, so um, it's a, on defense. It's a whole different. You get a whole different perspective of the field, and on attack, it's it's a bit more exciting on attack because you get to just roam around the field and inject yourself into the game when you want. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a different challenge for me. Um, something I've never done before, but um, I, I've done the work and um, I've been working hard the last month with the with the coaches to help me understand my role in the team and um that's that's
1: to, um catch high walls and <laughs> and try and help the team attack well so um that's um that's something i'm looking forward to have you been on the end of the bomb squad at training quite a lot
8: yeah yeah it's um it's not fun but um i'm slowly building my confidence each game or each um training session sorry and um hopefully i'll be i'll be right
1: this weekend yeah, mate, we're looking forward to it. Uh, and I guess you know from that uh, that multi all stars game too. So you've got a little bit of consistency in there. You have got Cody Karima ran around at six in that game. He's he's got the six jersey in this game, and uh, that sort of combination of when do you when you to inj- uh, when for you to inject yourself into into the line, etc. uh might make things a little bit easier for you.
8: Yeah, well, I've been I've been playing for Katie for the last couple of years. I sort of know what his, his strengths are, and um, I just try and play off the back of him. And uh, when he's hopefully he's running the ball this weekend because that's that's his strength. And I'll be I'll be sniffing around the rock and around him, and um, be trying to capitalize on any opportunities that that present um, that, that get presented.
1: To me. Yeah, I mean there's there's a lot of uh a lot of competition this season and in the halves. Obviously Sean's back, uh you know, and obviously there's yourself, there's Cody and Ash Taylor's in, in the mix as well. What's it been like having uh, somebody uh like Ash in in the uh in the club?
8: Yeah, Ash is, uh, he's got a lot of experience behind him. Um he's um he's got some old hips and that that's probably his only downfall. But um other than that he's a he's a great guy to have around the club. Um he's definitely um, starting to find his form training and um, he's he's a good person to be around. So I'm I'm just picking... I'm actually the least experienced half out of all of them, so I'm just picking everyone's brain at the moment and I'm trying to make myself a better player.
1: He's got the old man's hips, mate. Does that mean you're going to beat him in a dance competition?
8: (laughs) I reckon I'll beat him in a dance competition regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, Nah, he's,
1: he's all good. He's all good. That's good, mate, That's good. Hey, listen, you got you mentioned St. George earlier. You got them this weekend. I mean, they've had a real overhaul, uh, haven't they? In terms of um, personnel, it's it's quite mm. a different looking side from last season. Uh, you guys must be quite confident going into this because usually it uh, takes teams a little while to settle when they've had this many changes. Yeah. Um, well, we, we've
8: actually had a couple of changes ourselves, which, is, which isn't an excuse, but um, it's I think it's time for want to. Um, Dragons—they they had two solid trolls, and we, we, we didn't get to have our second troll, which was unfortunate. But um, we're we backing our skill and our, and our strength, and um, yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident um, that we can go out there and put out this forward this weekend. Um, yeah, Dragons—they they got a lot of um, talent in their squad, young talent, and they've got a few experienced heads with um, Ben Hunt and the Ballon leading them around. So um, it's going to be—it's going to be tough this weekend, but um, that's—that's what—that's why we train.
1: And you you you've seen a combination of Rocco Berry and uh, Villiamy Vilea. Uh, you know it's quite young, quite green, uh, but Viliami, man, he's got mm. some size on him. You you put that man, uh, uh, that that's a guy that can break uh, break opposition lines for you. How's he been looking at training?
8: Yeah, uh, Billy, he's a he's a great kid. He's very talented, but um, he he just really wants to learn, and that's all you want from the from a young kid. And that's coming into the first grade um, environment is just someone that wants to learn because. Um, yeah, even even the best players today, like Sh- Sean Johnson, uh, Tom Rich, they're always looking to learn and they're at the top of their game. So um, I think Billy's really got a bright future ahead of him uh, as long as he keeps working hard. And um, yeah, he's got he's got all the talent in the world. So I'm I'm excited for him
1: yeah I'm excited to see him go uh, going head to head with moses Sully is going to be is uh, going to be fantastic too in that game um uh, now you've, you' you're based at Redcliffe for the season you've obviously been based there for a little while now how's it feeling is it kind of feeling like home
8: um a little bit and uh, obviously um, not the same as back in Auckland because all, all my family and friends are back there and um, I'd, I'd love to go and see them but um, for now, Redcliffe, like you can't really complain. Brisbane's a nice city, which is only 20 minutes from Redcliffe, and um, I think the boys are pretty settled in now. Uh, we're, we've committed to being here for the season, uh, so that certainly around our living situation makes it makes it easier for us to just focus on our jobs and that's to win footy games.
1: Yeah, winning footy games is what we want you to see back here. Of course, uh, I was just uh, talking to um, a couple of people about the season and, and about the you know the, the the Warriors and the expectations that are always on you guys. Being not just a one team town, but being a, a, a you know a, a one team country here in New Zealand as well. Does that bring added pressure mm. to you guys, or is it something now that you are in Australia that doesn't really affect you so much?
8: Um, I think it's more more of a motivating factor for us. Um, we we want the whole country to get behind us, but that. We know that's the only way we can get their buy-in is by us performing on in on, on the weekend. So, um, like I said before, we, we've worked really hard on our game and focus. Uh, invested our time and energy into things we can control, which is our um, our our work ethic at training and um, our, our recovery away from the field. So that's going to put us in the best position to perform this this weekend and um, this season and the more consistent performances we can put together, the, um, the more buy-in we'll get from, hopefully, the whole country.
1: Now, Chanel, there's been a bit of talk about uh, you looking around and seeing where might be best for your career, the next step for your career. Um, if I'm talking to you in mm. a year's time, all going well, which club will you be playing for?
8: Um, I, I couldn't answer that myself, brother. Um, I'm, I, obviously, something I need to um, consider moving forward but um, for now my focus is on this season and I reckon if I play my best footy and reach my potential as a player then um, everything, all that contract talk will um, take care of itself
1: yeah, well, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed, because uh, yeah, looking forward to it, and love seeing you running out around in a Warriors jersey. Hey, before we let you go, of course, so we've got the opening game tomorrow night. I, I imagine you guys will get together as a team to watch that. The Panthers up against yep. the Sea Eagles. Um, uh, how, do, yep. how do those nights usually work for the team, and, and what's your pick? <coughs> um,
8: nah, so we will we'll probably get together with a couple of boys, have a feed, and um, watch watch the game. We're we're really excited that round ones here, so. Um, it's a pretty, pretty special day um, for all NRL players, to be honest. Um, I'm backing, I'm backing Penrith. Um, my boy Sean O'Sullivan's um, got the got the call up to fill in um, fill in the role because Clary's out for the first few weeks. So um, I'm hoping he does really well um, and, and leads the team around the park and gets the result.
1: Yeah, good stuff. All right, Chanel. Hey, listen, man, thanks very much for giving us some time. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck for the season to you and to the team as well, mate. Uh, we're rooting for you back here. Thanks, Ricardo. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks for having me on. No, nah, any time, man. Uh, Chanel Harris Davita there, joining us out of Redcliffe from the Warriors. Of course, uh, the Warriors get their season underway this weekend. Uh, all the NRL getting underway this weekend, and if you're a a, a leagie, man, uh, it is a great time of year, isn't it, for the uh, watching the NRL kick off? Uh, looking back at it now, the or uh, well, looking forward, I should say, to it. Uh, to this round, the Panthers a dollar ninety seven. The Seagulls Eagles a dollar Just a reminder, there is no Nathan Cleary, and you know, for mine, uh, I know Chanel there was uh, tipping the Panthers because uh, Sean Sullivan is uh, running round in the uh, seven jersey for them. But uh, I, I look at it and yeah, the depth that the, the Penrith Panthers have lost, I, I think it could have a, a, a big effect. I mean, this is uh, the teamless here. Okay, so you got Tom Trebojevic. At Fullback Jason Saab and Ruben Garrick on the wings. Jason Saab, if you're playing fantasy NRL, he's a get, he's a get, he's cheap, and he will score tries in this team. Brad Parker and Morgan Harper in the halves, uh, sorry, in the centers. The halves pairing I don't know if there's a more experienced halves pairing in the NRL. It is Kieran Foran and Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, the forwards, a former warrior, Toff Sipley and uh, Martin Power. The props, Lachlan Croker, uh, who's come down from the Broncos, is at hooker. How uh, Molly. Ole Kauatu, and Ethan Bullimore, who's also come down from the Broncos, are the second row. Jake Traboyevich is the lock, and off the bench, another former warrior, Carl Lawton, Sean Kepi, uh, Tanialia Paseka, and Tolutau Kaloa. That is uh, the manly side, and then you look at that, and you think about those names, but you look at Penrith and who they are missing. Okay, So Dylan Edwards is fullback. Charlie Staines and Brian Tu'u are the the, uh, wings. Isaac Targo and Stephen Crichton the centres Jerome Luai in 6, Sean O'Sullivan in 7. Uh, the Fords Moses Lyota and James Fisher-Harris are the props with Apisai Curacao at Hooker. Viliami Kikau and Liam Martin are the, lo- are the second row and Isaiah Yo is the lock. So there's some expertise there in the Fords, but uh, yeah, I don't know, it just feels like Manly probably edged this on paper. Mitch Kenny's got Sorensen, Spencer, Lenu, and Matthew Eisenhuth are off the bench for the Panthers, and like I say in that game, the Panthers are outsiders now $1.97, Manly $1.80 Manly were two thirty when that market opened, um, so one worth looking at uh, for the rest of the round, while well, on Friday night, the Raiders take on the Sharks the Sharks are just favourites in this one it is down in Canberra, they're paying $1.85 the Raiders $1.92 the Rabbitohs are short favourites to beat the Broncos in Brisbane, they're at $1.28 no Adam Reynolds for the Broncos either they're paying $3.55 and then on Saturday the Roosters are short favourites at $1.22 to beat the Knights who are paying $4.10 the Warriors $1.87, neck and neck with the Dragons at the TAB the Tigers are $3.80, outsiders at home to the Storm who are paying $1.25 the Parramatta Eels $1.44 the Titans $2.70 I think that game is going to be closer than that market suggests so uh, I think there could be Value in the Titans there, and I say that as a Parramatta fan, but uh, this opening tie does worry me just a little bit uh, with the way the Titans have been traveling. Uh, you can get uh, the Gold Coast Titans plus six and a half at a dollar ninety, and uh, that doesn't look too bad of value to me on this one. And then uh, the last game of the round has. Well, last year's Wooden Spooners against who I think are probably going to be this year's Wooden Spooners is the Cowboys at $1.83 host the Bulldogs paying $1.92. It is 18 past 11 here on SENZ. Mornings with Ian Smith-Ricardo Ball in the hot seat for him uh, while he's away on World Cup duty. We'll get your calls and texts next here on SENZ. I let you get away with
2: thinking you're the cure. Come in too deep, it's time to pull the cord. You like me more?
1: 11.24 here on SENZ mornings with Ian Smith-Ricardo Ball in the chair for him as he you to us around the country with the Cricket World Cup coverage. Uh, now, you've seen in the past clubs who have messed things up, uh, sometimes their own fault, others, sometimes uh, not. But generally, the punishment meted out to these clubs is a slap on the wrist with a wet bus ticket, right? I mean, we've seen it uh, in the past where we've had, I guess, a uh, owners like maybe the owner of the miami dolphins at the moment who it's come out has been telling his coach to tank games um which i believe is effectively match fixing so uh, you know how is he still there how is that happening uh, we've had the guy who owns the washington well, i was going to say redskins but it's not the washington commanders now is uh, uh, has had uh, uh sexual uh, harassment claims against him covered up by the nfl by the looks of things he's still running things we've had you know, the Melbourne Storm with uh, massive salary cap, f- basically fraud, isn't it? R- effectively manipulating the salary cap. Um, we had all of those things and not much has really happened to any of them. Well, in Liga MX, which is the Mexican top division in football, there's a club called Cuertaro Quer- uh, and uh, they were playing Atlas uh, last week. And there was a massive stoush between the fans. So their Barris, which is their their big ultra supporters group, um, stormed uh, the opposition fans, left twenty six people injured. A few, most of them hospitalized. A few of them seriously. Uh, there was uh, the game had to be abandoned at the sixty third minute mark because people were streaming onto the field. Uh, those Barris were attacking the opposition players. Other play- people were on the field just to get away from it all. Uh, it was ugly. It was ugly. And uh, the match obviously was suspended, but. Boy, Liga MX, they do not do things by half. So this is what they have done. So Quirtaro, the, the club, their home fans have been banned from their games for a whole season. Their barters, their ultras, their ultras end where they have all the flags and the banners, have been banned for three years. The owners have been told they have to sell the club. They have been suspended from any league uh, involvement for five years, and they have been fined uh, 1.5 million pesos as well. That is how you deal with someone who's not running a club properly. Uh, That is well done, but uh, I'm keen to get your thoughts on that, because that for me is probably the harshest punishment I can remember for anybody who has run a club and things have gone sideways uh, now keen to get your text coming through as well uh, Keep running them through on the temper Post text machine Temper and Post, like no other It is eight double three. And Grant in Melbourne has sent this through So if, you, uh, if you'd like a punt on the horses This one might be one for you Race 2 at Ipswich today There's a horse called Sacred Oath uh, And the shareholder, one of the shareholders in that horse was uh, Shane Warren. Uh, So he's tipping that one out. Sacred Oath race two at Ipswich today. If you've got a tip for us, then you can get it through on that temper line as well. Uh, Double eight, double three, and uh, just looking at what the market looks like there. Well, Sacred Oath is a favourite. It's come in from one fifty-five to a dollar thirty-five. So it could be an anchor for a multi if you're looking for that. It is uh, wearing number seven and has been drawn barrier two. So have a look at uh, what you think there. Sorry, barrier one. Have a look, see what you think uh, of that one. Uh, one of uh, Warney's horses, Sacred Oath, running in race two today at Ipswich. Also coming up shortly, it is uh, stumped, with, uh, stumped by Smithy or stumped by me as it is today. So if you want to win yourself a $50 TAB voucher, uh, and maybe some sleep drops as well you can give us a call 0800 0150 811 0800 150 811, and we'll get to stumped by smithy uh, just after uh, we uh, just after Emma's news and sport but uh, logan i know you wanted to talk about the uh, the tigers up against the melbourne storm this weekend
0: yeah, we mentioned it on the uh, pa- the Dilma panel there before with uh, Brad Lewis and Jeff McTage. Just looking at that lineup, I mean, there's a lot of games to look forward to this weekend. Uh, but when you look at the lineups between the Tigers and the Storm, I just. And Storm have this really amazing record with winning their opening round games. Hmm. It's like they're almost unbeatable to this point. Uh, but. In the in the hooker position, Tigers have you know young kid twenty year old uh, Jape Simkin uh, up against uh, Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese the Waiheke Island <laughs> Warrior that he is uh, I mean hopefully one day I'd love to see him play for the Warriors but I love Brandon Smith and of course he he got his uh, band uh, reduced, used the All-Star, the the, the uh, Latrell loophole to get him in so that's going to be awesome to see so uh, I'm expecting some good things there from Brandon Smith there uh, out in the dummy position, of course you know Ryan Pappenhausen, just Nollam. they've got Xavier Coates now on the wing to replace uh, Josh Adokar and when I look at the Tigers I'm like cool you've got David Nofaluma and he, he's amazing he's a barn burner he's a, he's a winner if you play Supercoach NRL but uh, and then outside of Ken Malmolo I just I don't know man I, I look at those Tigers and I, I feel like it's they're gonna be the ones getting clawed
1: well, yeah, I mean, I look at the back lines and, yeah, Pappenhausen versus Laurie, you take Pappenhausen every day. Norfaluma over George Jennings, probably. James Roberts and Remus Smith, maybe Like hmm, maybe James Roberts has just passed his best. Uh, Oliver Gildart, we'll see how he settles coming down from Super League, but Justin him is a star. Uh, Xavier Coates uh, probably over Ken Malmullo. The halves I think the Tigers might have the edge just in experience. Jackson Hastings has looked good in the trials. He, he was good up in the UK as well, uh, going against Nick Meany, who most last season was playing fullback. It Luke Brooks up against Jerome Hughes. Probably take Jerome just in that, but it's that Ford pack. I mean, Jesse Bromwich, Brandon Smith, Christian Welsh, Felice Calfusi, Kenny Bromwich, Josh King. Uh, That decimates most packs running around the NRL, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Jesse Bromwich and uh, Kristen Welsh has been great in the last few years as well. Cafusi is just awesome too. I mean, Stefano Udicamano, he, he's been really good too. You know, he's sort of getting his under his legs there, but uh, I mean, if <laughs> I'd love to see the TAB odds on that one. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely would be putting my money on the storm.
1: Yeah, all right. We had a tip through from Mark on the uh, uh, the temper bedpost text machine, double eight double three as well. He says, I'll give you a tip to anchor the Dragons against the Warriors. Thanks, Mark. Good to see you're a believer. It is 11.30 here on uh, Mornings with Smithy on SENZ. Time for news and support with Emma. Ian Smith's had a good match here.
5: Stamped by Smithy.
1: Ian Smith really is top
4: class at his job.
0: Yes, it is time for Stumped by Smithy. Uh, Ricardo stepping in once again. Uh, still waiting for a couple of contestants. We have a couple of people, couple of people in line, but if you want to take a shot at winning, uh, call us on 0800 150 811. Uh, so, Smithy. He's got the wicking that Miss Smithy has given the wicking keeping gloves to Ricardo. Sorry, and I can see they're a pretty snug fit. But Ricardo was—he's warming up. He's getting ready. Uh, up for grabs today is fifty dollars worth of TAB vouchers and some sleep drops at Daytime Revive. Try New Zealand Sleep dot Co. NZ for all ages, lifestyle stages, and sleeping challenges. Always read the label and take as directed. that Sleep Drops Auckland. That is what you could win. And joining us on the line now is John. How are you doing, mate?
1: G'day buddy,
0: how are you doing? Yeah, where are you calling from today? Yeah, Christy, today uh, mate, good, sunny day. Ah, oh, love, love to hear it, love to hear ChuChu chur. looking good. Alright, so, we have three sporting categories to choose from today. If you can answer all three questions correctly, then you can win it all. But if you get a chance, or if you get a question wrong, then it's over to Ricardo for a stumping chance. Now, today's topics are motorsport, baseball and cricket. Do any of those pick your fancy? Take your fancy.
7: Oh, not really, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's go cricket,
0: eh? All right, mate. I love you. You probably hear uh, Brian laughing in the background. Cue the music. Let's go. I mean, cricket is top of mind at the moment. Of course, the Women's Cricket World Cup. Uh, But first question to you, John, how many runs... Did Andrew Jones and the late great Martin Crowe combine for during their record-breaking partnership against Sri Lanka in 1991?
7: Uh,
4: 1991. Yeah. Four. Four, four
3: hundred and One of the worst things I have ever seen done
1: on a cricket field. M-
0: Very, very close. Ricardo. it's over to you.
1: I'm trying to remember. I think, I mean, that was when Crow got the 299. I know Jones scored a ton then as well. I am going to say it's about um, maybe 480?
0: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. The correct answer, 467 runs. Oh, thirteen 13 off. Yeah, so you were right, Crow got out on 299. Baz McCullum would go on to be the first New Zealander to score the triple century in 2014. So John, you are still alive. On to question two. The Women's Cricket World Cup currently underway in New Zealand. The last time uh, the White Ferns won was in 2000. How many runs did they beat Australia by in that final? Uh, I'm going to
5: say seven.
3: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
0: Over to you, Ricardo.
1: Mm, uh, it wasn't that many. It was, it was less than that. Because I remember the Aussies only needed four, I think, off the last over, and they, but they only had one wicket in hand and they lost the wicket first ball. So I'm going to say they won by three.
0: One of the worst things mm. I have ever seen done on a cricket field. <laughs> Again, you guys have been so close. Man, these are great guesses. Uh, actually, four runs. New Zealand's top batter was uh, Catherine uh, Rammel on 41. Our best bowler was Katrina Keenan with uh, two for 19. So, again, John, you are still alive. Ricardo, you are dropping the ball on these stompings. (laughs) Yeah, I'm Uh, not smithy, that's for sure. We're
1: getting close, mate. We're getting close. (laughs) (laughs) One more, John. No Googling here, though. Good guessing. Good (laughs)
0: guessing. Yeah. Nah, you're doing well, mate. You're doing well. Uh, all the best to you on the last question here. Speaking of those Aussies, Captain Meg Lanning uh, has recently climbed to world's number two batter in the ICC women's ODI rankings. Who is ranked number one in the world in women's cricket? Uh,
4: yeah, um, I know that. This is an English... Oh, no, she might not be. Um... <laughs>
0: All the no. tension. Um, uh, no, uh, no,
4: I'm not sure, actually.
0: No, I'm out. All right, Ricardo, <laughs> pa- I'm passing <laughs> it on to you, mate.
1: Uh, I, the only reason I know this is because I saw it come through in the news this morning. It's Alyssa Healy, isn't it? That's
0: not Thanks, it right in the
1: slot, oh. and away it goes. Woo!
0: We have a stumping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I finally held one.
0: Oh, I'm sure Smithy will be proud. Hard luck, John, but it is going to jackpot tomorrow to $100 (laughs) TAB vouchers and the sleep drops. Good on you, fellas. Thank you, mate. Thank you you for your call, John. Lucky, John. Sorry, mate. You're all
4: good, buddy. All
0: good. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. I say Smithy's job's not really in any jeopardy, is it, Logan?
0: No, um, I know I am making these questions a little hard at times. Uh, I'm only a couple of weeks uh, into the role, taking over from the legend that is John Day, of course, but... Uh, it has been fun, man. It's been fun putting these questions together. I hope someday someone picks baseball, but I feel like it's already gathering cobwebs.
1: <laughs> it feels that way, mate. Hey, listen, I've just heard uh, from the Highlanders they've released their team to play the Blues on Friday night at North Harbour Stadium. This is what it looks like. Ethan De Groot, Liam Coltman, Ger- uh, Jermaine Ainsley's the front row, Manaki Selby-Rickett and Josh Dixon are the locks, uh, Shannon Frizzell, Gareth Evans at 7, and Marino uh, McAlee two at 8. Aaron Smith is back starting and captaining at 9, Mitch Hunt at 10. Sisi Dawai on one wing Liam Coombs-Fabling on the other wing but he switches wings Thomas Umanga-Jensen and uh, Tugana uh, Punavi Punavai in the centres and uh, Connor Garden-Bashup is at fullback on the bench Reese Marshall, uh, Daniel Leonard-Brown Josh Honick, Bryn Evans, Hugh Renton Falau Fakatawa, Marty Banks and Scott Gregory that is that Highlanders team to face the Blues uh, for the Gordon Hunter Memorial match on Friday night here on SENZ
4: all
8: aboard and bring your offerings. That's me!
1: It's 11.45 here on Mornings on SENZ with Ian Smith. Smithy, of course, trekking around the country as part of the World Cup coverage. Uh, Currently, at the moment, there is a live game from Dunedin, and it is the West Indies conquerors of the White Ferns in the first match of the World Cup up against one of the tournament favourites, England. And the Windies have started really well. They are 61 without loss uh, just into the beginning of the 12th over Deandra Dotton, who, of course, was the hero with the ball for the Windies against the White Ferns is 24 from 31, and Haley Matthews, who I think got player of the match uh, there, as well is uh, 33 from 38. So a great start from the West Indies. is hoping they can knock the palms over. How good would that be? That would certainly set the cat amongst the pigeons when it comes to the Cricket World Cup. Now, today's Bailey's Property of the Week is a picturesque, self-contained dairy farm located at 329 Mungamuka Road in Okohau, uh, the property's ideal opportunity for a buyer who is looking for a farm where scope and potential are pretty much unlimited. With over 191 hectares and 11 titles, the dairy farm boundaries the Hokianga Harbour, located only 53 k from the popular destination of Kirikiri. Uh, currently there are 250 cows milked once a day through a tidy 18 ASHB shed. The farm has a range of support buildings, uh, including a half-round barn, eight bay calf implement shed uh, to party cattle yards, five bay calf rearing shed and a feed pad with crushed metal base. The dairy platform is well subdivided into 63 paddocks and those are easily accessible by a well-maintained limestone track. The water is sourced, from the nine hectare block across the road uh, from the stream there. Now that is gravity fed to the cow shed and then pressure pumped to troughs on the dairy platform. The unique and attractive 90 hectares across the road is utilised for dairy support, some beefies and contains cascading waterfalls as well. The accommodation consists of a moderate five bedroom homestead and a second four bedroom dwelling with ensuite. It's a rare opportunity to secure such a block with potential and scale. The property is brought to the market by Catherine stewart and craig de goldie of bailey's country uh, so if you're in the market uh, go hit bailey's up uh, that sounds uh, like a little piece of paradise doesn't it um, now just updating you on games that were on this morning from the champions league uh, liverpool have held on uh, they've lost at home 1-0 to inter milan but they go through 2-1 on aggregate meanwhile uh, Bayern Munich uh, made short work of uh, Salzburg in their match Uh, they ended up winning that one 7-1 so 8-2 on aggregate so they are through to the quarter final stages of the Champions League tomorrow in the Champions League, we have a couple more games, and uh, we've got a couple more uh, big teams in action, including uh, Manchester City. Uh, they are a dollar twelve favourites against Sporting Lisbon, who are paying fifteen dollars a draw. Eight fifty. Manchester City won the first game five nil in Lisbon, so not much chance that. That will get overturned. But the one that really stokes the imagination is Real Madrid versus Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, now, uh, PSG lead this 1-0 from the first league. The second league is in Madrid. Every chance uh, that Real Madrid, I think, get this one at home, the form that they are currently in. Uh, and PSG on the weekend, uh, they didn't have Mbappe, but they had everybody else. They had Neymar, they had Angel Di Maria, they had Leo Messi. They lost 1-0 to Nice. Uh, in the French League so looking at this Real Madrid at $2.40 looks pretty good to me I think it's good value PSG at two seventy, dollars the draw is $3.50 but uh, I th- I'm on PSG to be knocked out here of the uh, Champions League at the round of 16 stage of course uh, whoever wins these goes through into the quarterfinals this is mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ Ricardo Ball with you through till midday coming up next we're going to catch up with Staffie and see what he's got in store for your afternoon